received a really flattering email this week. Hmm. Can I read it? Please. All right. So starts off, dear Carlos, very nice, very, very, very cordial. But uh, first of all, we would like to thank you for being one of our most valued members. People like you are true visionaries, early adopters who are making their imprint on the entertainment landscape. Together, we have changed the way people across the country expect to be entertained, and your voice has been heard by all of the major theater chains and Hollywood studios alike. Because of you, we remain by far the largest theatrical subscription service in the country today. And then a bunch of BS in between that. The best part. So because we really hope you begin enjoying your MoviePass subscription again, implying that it, it was canceled, we have chosen you to be part of a select test group who, beginning Friday, October 5th, will be restored to three movies per month at $8 a month based on existing inventory. The same subscription that you signed up for when and previously enjoyed. If you decide that you do not want this, you must opt out before Thursday, October 4th at 9 p.m. EDT. MoviePass is the worst thing that's ever existed. And how is this legal or like is this not the scum like this this is like serious XM scummy. So had you canceled your subscription? They before? canceled me. We okay. talked about this where like they yeah, did all these restrictions right. to it and they're like, Oh yeah, you can't watch any any movies. We're we're basically gonna put like the least popular movies on there. And I again I'm not somebody who wants to watch the popular movies, but they, they restricted that. Then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to eliminate like half the movie theaters that works in. And then we're going to say, oh, yeah, you can only watch three movies a month. And then they said, oh, yeah, if you if you don't like these new terms, we're just going to cancel your subscription, which which they did. And then they they send you this saying, oh, yeah, if uh, we're going to impose these restrictive terms on you, restart the subscription that we canceled on you if you don't opt out with two days notice. There are a lot of bad examples of companies abusing you know opting out versus opting in that's got to be right up near the top and also the part i didn't read at the very bottom was uh it's if you do if you do opt out you will not be allowed to join a join for nine months fuck you your company's gonna be gone in three you monsters you gotta gotta go and time out for nine months Uh, so when, when did you get that email? October 2nd. Wow. Because I, I had seen this on The Verge, and I think I put this in the in, in the show idea thing. And then I was like, okay, I'm not part of the select group. That's cool. Uh, I guess I'm not that special. Apparently, I was that special, and um, I get two days of notice. So I did opt out, and uh, <laughs> fuck you, movie pass. I, I am literally the only customer you had that you made money off of. And this is how you repay me. <laughs> I saw five movies having, and they were not uh, high tier in demand movies over seven months. So they actually probably made like $6 on me. Savages. Yeah. You know, I, I'm frequently on kind of the wrong side of kind of questionable services and companies on this show. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll freely admit that. But <laughs> other than Uber, who are you talking about? I guess I'm I'm mostly talking about Uber. But that's oh, mostly... you're talking about your potential internet shoes we're going to talk about later. Well, I feel good about those. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> in I, your I, soul I... or your feet, <laughs> or the soles of your feet. But mm, we should probably <laughs> should probably just end the show there. Uh, I'm super uh, proud of myself. 
<laughs> it hurts to laugh. Ow. Oh. Um I I feel pretty good about not ever signing up for Movie Pass. Not in some I don't know, martyrdom kind of way, but just like it I don't know. It it always seemed too good to be true mm. and it very much was too good to be true. And so is Uber. <laughs> well, it, it, but at least at least that seemed to agree. Yeah. At least that's happening over a longer time scale. <laughs> it's it's okay because Dara's listening. His self driving cars are trying to run into me. It's it's all good. I guess actually, like to maybe like pivot this into I don't know something maybe potentially interesting. But like the thing the thing with Uber. <laughs> well, no, I I, 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 I mean, mean I meant more for what I'm taking it. Um, at least with Uber, while you know wildly unprofitable today much like movie pass they do at least have like a, a a path forward like there is a scenario where uber can become profitable granted it involves basically getting rid of their entire workforce but putting that aside well so does movie pass what's i mean what what's theirs uh they just make their own movies hmm. I, i'm totally joking hmm. but the, but the, but that's the basic premise of uber right if you if you eliminate all the human labor and um, self driving cars, which apparently which seem like they're maybe ten years behind the schedule that even I thought, I forget if I was the pessimist or you were the pessimist, but yeah, like that's neither of them are going to happen, and both have unsustainable business models. And sure, they're disrupting things, but they're not disrupting things where they ultimately will be the winner. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is like MoviePass doesn't have that equivalent scenario like there really is even as far flung as the self-driving stuff is like there's there's not even a far-flung successful future for movie pass i think there is i don't think it's actually gonna happen and i think you're totally right that it's much more that uber has a plausible business model compared to them but their idea and again this is a company i hate so i'm not defending them was that if you reach scale you can leverage uh viewing habits and consumer data along with in-app advertising and targeted offers and then you make deals with movie theaters and content creators so that you bring the cost down i think they both kind of are similar movie pass being way more far-fetched but for the math to eventually work out sort of like the fundamental business model does have to change but so it does for uber too yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, you let's let's talk a little bit of the app about the Apple Watch. And you have you gave it six days, and you have tapped out for um, uh, the first party iOS podcast app. Yeah. So you know, last week it was a flip flop about iPhone cases. This week it's a flip flop about podcasting apps. I gave the default podcast app an honest try. I I stand by what I said last week, which is the syncing across devices and streaming on the Apple Watch is absolutely phenomenal. Works exactly like you hope it would. Super reliable. Exactly kind of the dream podcast scenario that I've had. The problem is just everything around it is just not very good. Um, I think I said last week something around, you know, acknowledging that not having playlists was definitely the biggest thing that it was missing, but that I didn't necessarily think that would be that big of a deal. 
It totally is. Um, not being able to do simple things like rearranging uh, episode orders between shows or even within the same show. Like you can literally only sort by date and by episode title and that's it. There's no other way to reorganize shows in the, the native podcast app. So if you have more than like three or four episodes, it's it just starts to kind of break down. Um, so it's just, it's, and it's just not, it's not a very nice looking app. It's, you know, I, I kind of like to, you know, use dark mode options wherever they're available to me, especially on the OLED phones these, this last, you know, year plus and mm. the default podcast app just has like this blinding white background, which, you know, I'm someone who falls asleep to podcasts generally at night. So like, that's not a great experience. Um, and I, I could go on and on about little nitpicky things here and there, but it, the, basically when you add all those nits together, it just, it made it so that having this, this streaming and progress sync just kind of wasn't worth it. Um, and I've also, you know, I had never really given Overcast's um, implementation of the Apple Watch app an honest try where it, you know, be, it doesn't have streaming, but it does just kind of sync episodes in the background. And that, that does end up working pretty well. Um, and I, you know, for, can, for, for, can you, sorry to interrupt. Can you say like, I want this episode to be on the Apple watch maybe 10 minutes before y y you can. Yeah. Okay. So I mean that, that would like, if you just remember like, Oh, I'm going to go for a run later. And I want to listen to upgrade. Like that's, that's passable. That's yeah, and well, and that's exactly with that um, watch player app that I had been using last year. Same same kind of idea. But I thought you said that one took like forty minutes, like literally to transfer an episode. Well, there there were ways where you could speed it up, okay. but um, you know the the overcast stuff does take a little while too. Although Marco's already put out an update, which has made it a little more reliable. But the big difference is it happens, you know, automatically in the background. So. Like in your upgrade example, like really what should happen is, you know, that'll come out in the morning and then just sometime in the afternoon that will automatically sync over to the watch so that by the time I'd want to, you know, listen to it on a run, if I ever go on one of those again, <laughs> um, I didn't you know, need to bring that up. Yeah. It's, it's not been great. I had my, I had my hundred day activity streak <laughs> earlier in the year and it's been, well, kind of a streak in the opposite direction since then <laughs> so I was gonna say you're like i'm gonna double it but i'm gonna do it in the opposite direction yep yep oh doubling down on on sun i i i feel that that's mm -hmm. yeah it's been kind of a, a busy second half of the year mm -hmm. um busy back nine mm -hmm. is that the term or is it the front nine well they in golf there's both but back nine is is holes 10 through 18 right very good, yes. Oh, pat on the back. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a bummer about the podcast thing. But um, yeah, I mean, Overcast seems pretty solid. Again, if you ever get disenchanted with Overcast, give Pocket Cast a try. It's pretty damn great. Nat Native-ish Mac app. I'm pretty happy with Overcast. The, the, the thing it's missing is the native uh, Mac OS app. But other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Continuing with, continuing with you stuff. Uh, this, I forget how this came up. But, oh, somebody was posting a thing. Uh, there's a tweet from um, 
some guy Buzz Anderson who who's a technology guy and he's he's cool. He posted a thing about like uh, the away suitcase feeling like inevi- an inevitability for him, where it just seems like a product that like is something that he would buy. And then he made the joke, uh, "You can fit six pairs of Allbirds shoes in this," which I found really funny because that's um, a product that is literally maybe every fourth ad on Instagram is for those damn wool shoes <laughs> and i was like i'm sure these are probably okay and actually i like the look of them and like shoes that are vaguely washable i'm like that okay I, I i'm into this but i just assumed it was gonna be like casper where they're gonna be garbage and they're it's gonna be expensive garbage at that but then you said you have them and like them so now this is very upsetting and i need to know more well so i had exactly the same experience where I had <laughs> been seeing these ads on Instagram like every single day for the past however many months. And I kind of needed a new pair of uh, general tennis shoes. So um, the nice thing, you know, being in San Francisco where we have a pop-up store for every online <laughs> store ever, mm-hmm. uh, there there happens to be an Albert store in San Francisco. And so Hayes Valley, I, the marina. It's actually, you know what? Neither. It's, uh, I know. I know. It's kind of by the Transamerica building. It's kind of in a bit of a random spot. I don't even really know exactly what neighborhood that would be. But anyway, it's, yeah, it's not, not in the, the traditional spot. Um, so I went, uh, one afternoon and tried them on and man, so comfortable, like ridiculously comfortable. And I think, like you said, um, very pretty nice looking. Um, not cheap, you know, hundred bucks. Um, and I and I don't know if that's they... not that expensive though. If they're great, but it's 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 a, it's expensive for a gamble because shoes you don't know until you've had them for a couple of weeks. You like it's same thing like we're <laughs> like all the fake Casper stuff where ah uh, you can't judge a mattress by laying down on it in a store. Same thing with you can't really try like you can tell a sho- uh, if a shoe is horrifically uncomfortable. Sure, but you can't tell if you're actually going to love it. Yeah, these. I mean, to be honest, these you. I like. I get what you're saying. These you could tell pretty quickly though that they were going to be great because the the moment you put them on, they are just super duper comfortable. Um, and a nice little bonus, which I don't know if you get this if you order online, but you at least got this if you bought them in the store. You got a second pair of shoelaces in your choice of color for free. Hmm. Well. The free slash part of your $99 purchase, but you know what I mean. And also probably 40 cents in raw materials. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, uh, it's called Toque Jam, but this, this like burgundy color is pretty sweet. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. If I'm, I'm, all, I'm actually considering getting a second pair at some point and I would, um, I would, I would think about the, they've got, they've got a nice pair of green ones that I, that I'd probably give <laughs> a shot. Wait, hmm, I'm looking at them and these, these look very, um, these are not an emerald green. These are kind of a hmm. cause I'm looking at the men's wool runners. Well, so the, the wool runner, the green in that is not my favorite, but if you get, you got to look at the, uh, the tree <laughs> runners, <laughs> the tree comfort. Uh, oh no. Those, those have a, uh, it's called K- Kari Peacock. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that first word, but. Oh, I'm sure that's dead on. Um, those, that, that, that color I think looks pretty nice. A thoughtful shoe that's light and breezy offers cooling comfort and is ideal for sun soaked escapades. Hmm. Fits you to a T. Right. Yeah. The, or especially that, the, 
As, mm, mm, mm-hmm. Especially that last part, the the sun soaked escapades. You, if, I mean, Carlos, if there's you know, if there's one thing you know about me, it's how much I love sun soaked escapades. I think Ashley does. <laughs> put some put some sugar ray on the AirPods and mm, you, mm-hmm. you're uh, you're you're up and ready to go. I'm out of source today. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that color's not bad. Yeah, I and the burgundy looks good in these too. Yeah. Mm. So the big thing is, and I, this was actually the number one reason that I wanted to go into the store as opposed to just buying them online is I am in basically every shoe I own a 10 and a half, like kind of no matter what the style or brand is like 10 and a half is basically always the right size for me. Mm-hmm. They don't sell half sizes. Yeah. So they do they, suggest that you size down. Well, it's it's funny because on the the men's runners they suggest you size down, but then on the wool runners they suggest that you size up. So I, you know, I took that advice when I went into the store. I mean, they they told me, um, and they they were right. Um. So do you have some type of like monetization plan here? Like, did you like clear this so that you get some some of that podcast ad money? <laughs> well, she, Damn it. wait, no, they, they, oh, they did advertise in the daily for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, they, did they, they, yeah, they really have the, I don't know if I ever got that one. The, the coastal elite, uh, trifecta of advertising. Um, yeah, darn it. This is, this is not helpful, but yeah, they look good. Cause they're good plain looking shoes. Like you either have like the Nike wacky, like super over-engineered and kind of crazy looking running shoes, which, which I'm a fan of. But those are not everyday walking around shoes. So yeah, so this is this is pretty. This says I'm thirty and okay with it. I like these. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly right. Um, but my and my first pair too is is just the um, I don't know what the exact color is the the natural gray. So I, I got you know just the simplest you know most basic color they had. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a favor of you, please? Uh, don't ever buy the men's wool loungers because I think that just says you've given up on life. <laughs> I didn't look at those. They look like they're one step away from those. Uh, from just wearing Birkenstocks or uh, what, what's the what's the the plastic ones? Oh, the, the, these, these are wool um, Crocs. Crocs, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean they they do they do look quite comfortable, but that, that's <laughs> not uh, that's not really my style. And I think Brand would eat them in eight seconds. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, man, I shouldn't have said this would be a short one. Um, Apple stuff. Hmm. Um, so a uh, friend of the show, Joanna Snur. I'm not sure. Oh, was right. Uh huh. Right. Uh, she'll find out one day. Um, she did. <laughs> people, man, especially with all the 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 45 news and stuff, people were really hating on the Wall Street Journal recently. But she she is the one great part of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, where she does her video reviews, she's like she kind of filled in the, uh, for Walt Mossberg when he when he went to Recode and then retired. But yeah, her video reviews are always amazing, and uh, she did one for the Apple Watch Series Four, and it tested out the fall detection and a bunch of the new features for it, and it's extremely entertaining. And um, brought up a few things that I didn't know, like also um, the fall detection feature is not turned on by default unless you're over sixty five. Huh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Saving lives. Um, but yeah, it's only four minutes long. Uh, people will check out the link you put in the show notes, but it's 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 super fun. Yeah, I also liked her 10S Max review too. 
Um, actually, speaking of which, you still liking yours? I love mine. Yeah, I like the the size. It it just it, it feels perfect. Like if it feels like the right size, doesn't feel too big. It's 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 exactly the same thing that happened with the plus where you know, when I first got into that a couple of years ago, it just within a couple of days like it just felt like, yeah, this is the right sized iPhone. Um and I still really like the case too, which has been been nice. I was a little little more skeptical about how I'd end up liking the case, but I really really like it. It does add a decent amount of bulk to the phone, but kind of in a good way. And it makes up for it in, in grip and security. Totally. Yeah. And it's a it's a nice looking color, man. That forest green is sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, other Apple stuff. There is a new uh, iPhone ad for the XS Max, which is which is fun. Um, I like it a lot. But the main reason I bring it up is that it's got a uh, uh, a giant corgi in it. It's pretty darn cute. Uh, people should check that out. And then also with TVOS 10, maybe I don't know how there have been 10 editions of it, but um, that they finally pushed out the NASA International Space Station 4K Earth videos, which are very, very good and very pleasing to look at. I have not gotten one of those yet. Um, and it really made me think that I wish there was a way that you could specify which scenes you wanted. Like, that seems like a no brainer. It's, I'm glad you bring that up because it's frustrating because I know which, like, you lost a bunch of them when, that they didn't remaster for 4K or were maybe never shot in 4K to begin with. So, like, when the Apple TV 4K came out, like, 18 months ago, like, the selection of screensavers was far lower. But it seems like in recent months, 95% of the time, like, my Apple TV only shows me, like, the the Dubai ones. And those are my least favorite ones. Like, I find the the aerial of, um, like, the LA freeways and of LAX, those are so pleasant to look at. Yeah, I, I do feel like there's quite a few of them, but I only get the same three or four over and over. Yeah. Um, and then Apple or Tim Cook gave an interview to Vice News about two days ago. That was kind of super interesting. It was mainly focused on privacy. And uh, I didn't think about this, but uh, somebody on Twitter earlier today made the link. And I don't know if this is actually true or not. But Bloomberg Businessweek also published a big story that is being heavily criticized as fake news that. Um, uh, Chinese uh, chip manufacturers uh, were doing uh, espionage and tampering with uh, silicon chips that were going to major U.S. internet companies, uh, namely uh, Apple, Amazon, and a few others. Um, and somebody was saying that the Apple or that this Tim Cook interview was vaguely related to that. I'm not trying sure necessarily buy that, but people should still watch it. It. Um, is not it's not entirely a softball interview but it is um a good perspective on how Tim and the company think about privacy as a competitive advantage and also as a potential um competitive disadvantage compared to the companies they compete with that are maybe less dedicated to privacy and can leverage big data to make products that are allegedly better yeah that that will be that will be in the notes um i did also put a link to the Bloomberg article that you referenced. This just came out today, right? And there's a lot. I think we, we or everybody needs to wait for the dust to settle because man, Amazon and Apple, like I wouldn't say they're pissed, but like they're 
<laughs> they haven't been screwing around with like just blanket like uh vague pr denials <laughs> they're just all saying like i think the amazon statement literally said something like there are so many errors in this article we couldn't even count right yeah so that that's we'll we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that in mm-hmm. two weeks from now right and that's a perfect segue for amazon news um uh bernie loves uh loves jeff <laughs> yes so this is actually tricky um so amazon for all uh u.s employees has raised their minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour which affects seasonal part-time and full-time workers at um throughout the company but where this actually makes a difference is for their um logistics employees and warehouses and distribution uh, distribution centers so that's actually kind of interesting and um it comes on the heels of um bernie sanders introducing the stopped uh, the stop bezos act in congress um and also just a lot of criticism of, over working conditions in amazon fulfillment centers and also that uh jeff bezos is uh, the richest person in history in all of history that's um they've had kind of a weird pr month but what hasn't generally been reported along with this is that Amazon also um, eliminated uh, monthly bonuses and stock grants that they were giving, where for many employees, it actually ends up being a pay cut. I don't know. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a weird story, and it's also, I'm not sure it necessarily fixes the root of every problem related to this. You know, it it reminds me some of the the headlines that we were seeing after the tax, tax reform cut bill? reform i mean you mean the, no the, the tax cut i per, i purposefully don't use the r word there i mean but they they reformed it mm, by by cutting taxes for certain wealthy groups of people yes um hmm. you know you saw a lot of the one time bonus bonuses being issued um and then, of course, you haven't really heard anything since. Um, and actually, in some cases, you've heard of people continuing to not get any sort of salary increases, or in some cases, even companies then laying off people. Um, you know, I, like I, I bring that up just because it feels like this is of the same uh, type, where it's it's definitely more about the headline and you know less about the substance like there's no substance here it's just it's kind of just a cheap headline grab i think that's kind of true and i think this also comes at a very curious time where like whole foods it it, throughout its entire existence has struggled with um not being a a unionized uh, company and where that is actually um where like supermarkets and grocery stores have been um one of the most consistently unionized industries in the united states and that kind of coming to a head over the past couple of months. So I think, I mean, it like, it's a, it's a, it's a smart move, but it's also, yeah, I think you're totally right. Just like most of the, most of the bullshit that happened in light of tax reform slash the corporate tax giveaway. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably like, I'm, I'm sure they did the math and it's, if anything, a minor um, short-term cost for a much longer uh, corporate benefit. Well, uh, let's pretend we still like Amazon. Uh, Amazon four star. Yeah, there. I, I put this in the the thing mostly just because I, you know, obviously there are many 
difficult and problematic sides to Amazon. But if if you know we, if we want to focus on the more techie side or the the more positive side of the company, like I think their their retail strategy is probably the most interesting thing that they're doing. Like I ever since we went to that store, like I was already interested in their retail strategy. But then when, when we went to that store in San Jose over the summer, it just I just I can't stop thinking about like just how how crazy their re- their retail strategy is. It's certainly not crazier than the Netgear store right next door. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's weird. I, again, I'm super because there's not a lot of detail about it. I'm, I really want to know what's happening in that gigantic Berkeley space because I don't think it's going to be this, but it also seems way bigger than any of the Amazon bookstores I've been to. Um, so yeah, so this is interesting. So basically, uh, inside, in, inside, sorry, in the uh, Soho neighborhood of New York City, they are opening a store called Amazon Four Star, which uh, it's a new physical store where everything for sale is rated four stars or above kind of a little bit on the nose with the naming um like i get that but also yeah i mean amazon already has a fake review problem but like it's it makes sense but i'm not exactly sure how this differs from just being an expanded version of their bookstore because the amazon bookstore had a ton of stuff in there that was not books like it did seem like it mostly centered on uh the works with alexa ecosystem um yeah it was like books and smart home (laughs) yeah there was a couple like there were some like other like tchotchke like uh or like you need a gift for somebody you know very well like barnes and noble stuff but um it did have a barnes and noble vibe to it didn't well that's the thing of barnes noble where it's like oh yeah we we, oh yeah we only sell books okay we sell dvds now okay we sell stuff for your coworker when you need you have a white elephant going on (laughs) um that, that's Here, yeah here's the, your here's your 14 calendar yeah and, and here's here's your uh thomas jefferson jigsaw puzzle and and don't forget to visit the starbucks upstairs did i ever tell you about the weird no this is not gonna be story time but some guy got mad at me for texting online inside the franchise starbucks inside of a barnes and noble it's wait, very wait what what i I'm not gonna tell, like, but some some uh, surly guy who was the barista at the fake Starbucks inside of Barnes and Noble uh, got mad at me for quietly standing in line and texting as I was waiting. What were you supposed to be doing? Uh, I have no fucking idea. It was <laughs> it was like because I'm I'm not. I try like not to ever be like I give people my full attention. Oh, I yeah. like I'm not, we've we we we've discussed this, yeah. Because like one of the things that bugs the shit out of me is if somebody is has like AirPods in, even if your music's muted, like has like either one or both earbuds or AirPods in while they're ordering something or like at a checkout line, because like that just seems like really, just really rude and disrespectful. Uh, like, so that oh but the, and man, that still bugs me like six years later. <laughs> Well, can I, so actually, well, not to digress too much further, but I, I, I need your opinion on something. Sure. And, and don't, don't hate me if, you know, you end up not, not liking this, but so I'll, I'll have my AirPods in sometimes when I'm walking Branson mm-hmm. and you know, we'll, we frequently get stopped by people who want to say hi and everything, which is great. And cause, cause they know you from the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. The dog is just a bonus. That's re- exactly. Yeah. That's actually, that's true. Yeah. They're mostly there to talk to me. Um, Oh, they, yeah, just, you're, they, you're, just, they just say, hey, Blue Barn guy. Or, I, I have no <laughs> idea. What, what, what are you known for on this program? No, they say, hey, Carlos is co-host. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, That's what you sign your checks with. 
that's right. Um, and so, but like, because I'm holding his leash, like it, it's, it's difficult for me to be able to take both headphones out, which, you know, that's definitely normally my policy, similar to yours. So I'll normally just only be able to take one out. It's not great, right? I don't see what the because I because um, like as I've been traveling more, like I will often like uh, like I, I've gotten very good at the pop because I don't put them back in the case. Like normally in my oh, jeans no, yeah. pocket, I will always have like one pocket that doesn't have anything in it, um, and you just you just you can use both uh, like one hand to pop, like easily pop out both AirPods. Yeah, maybe I just need to try harder. And also the one AirPod look just looks really dumb. The cool thing is, though, that it does automatically pause whatever you're listening to. That's that's nice. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think you got to correct that. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Barnes and Noble, I think. Oh yeah, uh, fucking guy. All right. <laughs> um, so let's trace it back. Barnes and Noble, uh, crappy coworker gifts. Um, Amazon four star. Oh, hey. So it, with this new concept, so this this goes back to what we were talking about or, or, or the complaint slash intriguing part of the Amazon bookstore concept. Digital price tags alongside every product show the prime price and the list price as well as prime member savings, average star rating, blah, blah, blah. So you don't have to do that weird scan it with your phone or uh, walk up like you're at Target scanning at the little red thingy. Yeah, that that was so that was so weird. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it took me a while to realize it. Like it, there was just something off, and then it was like, oh yeah, there's no prices on anything. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so kind of interesting, um, and all that stuff is fulfilled by people who are probably underpaid. Yes. Merry Christmas. Oh, speaking. Oh, so is hashtag problematic. Um, Elon Musk was sued by the SEC. <laughs> so, okay, by the way, can I just point out before we get into the details here? Mm-hmm. This is like the this story is the perfect encapsulation of the absolutely ridiculous pace that news moves in 2018. Because like when we were putting together the outline for the show, like it hadn't really dawned on me. Like Jesus, yeah, like this all happened in like a matter of 48 hours. Well, if you keep it in mind, it's been I think three weeks from actually it's maybe been like a month since he uh said he wanted to take the company private for marijuana amount of money it's actually believe it or not it's been like two months okay two months so 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 marijuana funding secured buyout uh called a um rescue hero a pedophile um uh threatened somebody to sue him uh gave a weepy kavanaugh style tell-all to the new york times about how he's uh sad that nobody comes to his birthday parties um, and then was sued by the SEC, uh, didn't make a deal with them, now stepped down as chairman of the board of, uh, one of his companies, was fined $40 million combined, $20 million to him, $20 million to Tesla, and, uh, called the Security and Exchange Committee. What was the tweet? The Short Seller Enrichment Commission or something? Council, something Council, like that. Council, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he... Yeah, what's the expression? Life comes at you fast or whatever. I like, I mean, he, he, yeah, we we won't get into this, but I talked about it offline. Like, we're like, he's just a very bad person. And I feel so bad for the company, but I kind of also don't wish good things on it because everybody's enabling him. 
Yeah, I mean, we we won't get into <laughs> this again, but I mean, I I don't I for me, I can separate out the CEO of a company from the rest of the company, and like to believe that there are thousands of really smart, hardworking, talented people at Tesla. And, you know, I'm not going to hold the fact that their CEO is a complete jackass over their heads. You're a better person than me. <laughs> um, the Trump, God, follow up as a downer this week. <laughs> the Trump administration is suing California to uh, squash its uh, net neutrality protection law. Um, literally all the telecom and I, uh, companies and ISPs, uh, along with the, the Trump Department of Justice. Um, is the Department of Justice or the FCC? Which one has any legal power? No, Justice Department officials. Uh, they are taking the court, uh, the, sorry, the state to court on grounds that the federal government, not state leaders, have the exclusive power to regulate net neutrality. Uh, the FCP, FCC had been granted such authority uh, from Congress to ensure that all 50 states don't have to seek to write their own potentially conflicting rules governing the web. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a, a, good, a good on um, Jerry Brown for signing this, this state uh, resolution, and I hope it gets tied up in the courts forever, and therefore that this can't... Um... Actually, wait, is it good if it gets tied up in the courts or bad? Uh... <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I... I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't even know anymore. I mean, I guess if California starts to implement, well, I mean, I guess because net neutrality was in place and then it was removed. So I guess if we then push back against any sort of efforts to remove net neutrality, then it would be good if it got hung up in court. What does is, what is Lisa Murkowski think? Uh <laughs> Ah, oh, tomorrow's going to be such a bad day. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of hearing about those three senators. They're mavericks. Oh, you know what? They, they put country me... over party. Oh, my God. <laughs> give me a fucking break. <laughs> uh, I, I, sorry, I only, I only stress this and, and I'm happy or, or, or I find this amusing because uh, people th for thought that the investigation was not going to be a sham. Uh, fuck everything, right? Fucking Jeff Blake. Uh, <laughs> um, I've also been thinking a lot about that Susan Collins daily interview too. That it's all that's also quite quite. Mm. Yeah, but I told you she was full of shit the whole entire I, time. I, no, I, I I know, but it's just given given where we're at now, it just is extra infuriating. Uh, hold on, um, it, man, I should I need to upgrade to the stupid paid Slack. Keeps always bugging me that I'm not. Um... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, this was from July 3rd. I wrote, uh, making a calendar event for three months from now to edit uh, Susan Co Collins's comments on the Daily with her uh, voting record right alongside McConnell Republicans. I am fucking Nostradamus. Hmm. I remember you Wait, saying Wait, is that, that exactly three? Holy shit. It's Wait, pretty, August, cool, pretty close. I, I was off by two days. Yeah. It's, I'm just sick of all this. In the same, in the same way that McCain always, like he, and, and actually the Daily had a good thing about his, um, kind of often questionable reputation as a maverick or, or as somebody who would put country before party or, or whatever. Yeah, this, this is, tomorrow's gonna be bad. Yep. And then Saturday's probably gonna be even worse. What's happening Saturday? The Wait, final, don't tell me. Fi final vote. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about getting things done? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it.
I bet Mitch McConnell's really good at GTD. <laughs> I bet he's not. Uh, he knows how to control the paper. All right. We're going to put politics and stuff on the back burner. So uh, OmniFocus, that's a rough transition. OmniFocus 3 for the Mac is out. Yeah. Uh, teach me how to use it. So did you buy it? I did. I, I am, as you would say, all in. I have upgraded on both iOS and on the Mac. Pro version on both? Of course. How could I expect anything but? Yeah. You don't live a, you don't live a standard lifestyle. <laughs> I, I live nothing but a professional lifestyle. You know this <laughs> about me. Much <laughs> in the way that I enjoy, what was it? Sun, sun opulence or something? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, oh, <laughs> a hell of a um, show title episode. All right. Uh, <laughs> The uh, what was it? The applesauce and jeans that was last week. That's that's pretty good. Oh, real time follow up. Except it's delayed by a week. I googled it after we did it. Fucking uh, harvest and barrel, or what did we come up with? It's an actual barrel thing? and harvest. Yes. God damn it! Wait, harvest and barrel. It's some Australian thing. Um, yeah, it's an Australian wine tour company. No. <sighs> Well, it's because they're it's because they're living eighteen hours ahead. It's not fair. Yeah, that's that's a good point. They get they they get their iPhones first. I don't think they get their iPhones last. Don't don't they always aren't? Doesn't Apple always do those tiered releases? And they're oh. always on the second slide. Yeah, I always feel like though we we see the headlines where there there are some countries generally that are quite a number of hours ahead of us who get get the phones on release day. Well, yeah, Japan and, and uh, Australia always get to have the new or uh, the new year sooner than us. So yeah, they're closer to the end of the Trump administration. Uh. <laughs> OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So this this is big. So OmniFocus two, I think, came out in geez, like twenty twelve. Um, it's been around for a really, really, really long time. So no, sorry, uh, May twenty first of twenty fourteen. Um, so it's been four years before uh, between major releases. Um, OmniFocus three for iOS came out maybe three or four months ago, and it added a couple of new or like a couple of big rethinks of um, getting things done or how that would work inside their application. Uh, the biggest difference is that uh, they have taken the concept of contexts, which is straight from the David Allen getting things done thing, uh, and renamed it and repurposed it as tags, which is a much more flexible and kind of like newer way to think of things, which I think is really, really smart and and, and is really, uh, really effective and allows you to change and adapt the application to the way that you would work. So I had held off on uh, upgrading to OmniFocus 3 on iOS just because it didn't really make sense to use it without the Mac having feature parity, like even though it was interoperable um, it just didn't didn't seem to make a heck of a lot of sense. So now that everything's updated, um, I I am so excited and it's 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 pretty great. So I had not even pressed on the tags button until you brought it up just now. So what what are tags? So let me i'll send you a real quick screenshot um so tags are the same thing that uh, like again they're imp- implemented the same way that contexts were before but what it allows you to do so i have things so i have a tag called today 
which I think is the most important tag that most people can implement because it allows you to tweak one major thing about um, how you use this, the forecast view. And I'll, and I'll talk about that. But I have thing uh, I have a group of tags called contact, which uh, I have broken down as email, phone, and then text or chat. I have location, which I have like home, Marin, San Francisco, and East Bay, and stores. I can put down like IKEA, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, or whatever. So basically, when I'm doing a shopping list or any type of project, and I have tasks inside of that, I can assign a tag to it. So if I can um, easily filter down a project and see what things can I buy at this particular store, what types of things can I do because I'm in San Francisco right now. And um, again, the best one is that if you use something like the today tag, that allows me to have like, you know, like those weird things that you want to do. And you maybe if you're feeling optimistic, will say like, you know, what, I'm going to do this today, but they don't actually have to be done today. It allows you not to pervert the idea of a due date and make those meaningless, which is a trap that I often, often fall into. So that's that's really smart. I, th- I think we had maybe mentioned that like in the lead up to the release of OmniFocus 3. Um, so when you create this tag, is is there anything you can then do with it? Like in terms of if you have a today tag, can you have that like show up in the forecast view or anything? Or like, is, is this tag view kind of the one place these all live? Nope. So that's, let me, um, let me send you a, again, I'm sorry, I'm having to crop these screenshots so that I don't actually give anything away or that I don't give away my entire life. So here's how my forecast view looks. And I really, really, really love the way that they've made it so easy to make it how you want. So first, if you're inside the forecast view, you can um, click the little eye in the in the uh, toolbar, and it allows you to check and uncheck what calendars you want to be incorporated on your forecast view. Um, it allows you also, there's a little thing that says, uh, today shows items with this tag. So you can choose a tag that is easily collapsible that includes all tasks in the today view that have a specific tag on them. So I can see the stuff that must actually get done, but I can also see the stuff that I want to get done and the stuff that's not time sensitive. So when I'm in the forecast view and I press the little I, the, or is it the, is it this, the symbol or the letter? No, no, that, that, that's probably confusing. The I, the letter, it brings up the inspector where you got all those advanced options on whatever task you're doing. Right. Then there's like the human eye which allows you to customize the layout and the view of it. Got it. Okay. And so the, this is where I can then, oh, okay, I can show, I can show tags. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And then how about like, so, I mean, like, so, so like in that one specific place, so the place where you are. So again, I really, really like that you can um, choose whether or not you're going to show deferred items or not. You can show, you can customize that tag option and the main thing is that you can uncheck specific calendars where like I like to have like a, a schedule calendar. And also like I in that is something I don't need to see inside the forecast view. I also don't don't need to see Apple's um, holiday calendar and stuff like that. So that allows you to make this way more useful to yourself. And this is stuff that you can customize on a per device basis. So if you want to have a different view on your iPhone, your iPad and in between your Macs, um, you can make it anything you want. So how about um, like the the stores tag? I think that's also really interesting. Can you can you have that be 
like geo aware where like the those can pop up like when you're actually at those stores you can do a geolocation thing but i don't um have it that way instead i um you just kind of make it a point to look at that while you're at those stores well yeah because what you can do then when you're actually inside omnifocus on your phone then you can go to the home view tap on tags and then just tap on the store that you're at and even if you have 60 different things in your grocery list you only see the stuff that you could buy at target right yeah so i think it makes a whole ton of sense um and it's but mainly the all all the advantage is baked into being able to sign a single tag that allows you to kind of like i think of it as promoting tasks to being something that's eligible to be done today but that if i'm having a busy day i can easily just collapse it and not see any stuff that doesn't actually need to be done today. So does this, so I guess what I'm now, what I'm kind of struggling to get is the kind of the difference between tagging a task with a project versus tagging it with a tag. So let's say you have four projects. You are, one of them is build a doghouse. One of them is renovate the kitchen. The other one is, uh, the uh, plant plan a birthday party and i don't know go golfing or something and you have something that you could do at um at whole foods inside each of them and a tag if you properly note where or how you could get this done you'd be able to see that independent of projects so you could be getting more stuff done even though you weren't looking at a specific project I guess maybe said a different way. I, I guess I kind of feel like I've almost been using projects as tags. Does that make sense? Like to me, like projects and OmniFocus are kind of a way of organizing tasks. And I think tags might be better suited for that now. Can you give me an example of a project that you think? Like I literally have a a project that's just called miscellaneous personal actions. That's fine. Well, but that, but I think that would be much better suited for a tag, right? Or like another, I have another project that's just like car, which is just like, you know, various stuff I'd have to do for my car. Huh. That is the beauty of OmniFocus, <laughs> where you can make it anything you want. Yeah. Okay. I think, and I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I think that's the improper <laughs> but, way to, but I'm wrong. <laughs> I just think that's not the spirit of a project. Like the, pro, like you would maybe, maybe, because I think what you should do or consider doing is like so the way i have it is that i have um you can have folders and you can have a folder that is car and then you can have like smaller like because i i think people sometimes uh build too much into what a project needs to be and you can just have projects that maybe only include like four tasks and you just you just do it that way like you can have a folder called home and then you can have like i then you have a project in there that says wire the house up for ethernet or replace the irrigation system and that kind of stuff. Whereas if you just had a project called home, maybe that makes it harder for you to keep track of individual project progress or what you need to do next. I literally have a project called house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're getting stuff done. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I, okay. um, but yeah, I, but I, I would say that, yeah, breaking stuff into, because at that point, you and again I, nobody should listen to me I, i'm like congress i talk about getting things done but i get nothing done <laughs> so i'm i am nobody to be talking but i think the problem with that is sometimes um and merlin talks about this a lot is where people will make um a task 
that's actually like six things where where your task will be um like clean uh clean the garage but that could be like you need to uh, go buy uh recycling bags and you need to go uh sort all these tools and cables and stuff like that there are sometimes you will have a task that just has so much built up into it that you'll keep avoiding it because it it seems too onerous because you didn't break it down into multiple things and that was a task that actually should be a project. Hmm. Yeah, I'm very bad at being Merlin, but he he has a lot of good points. So yeah, so I I would maybe suggest um yeah using tags a whole bunch for uh for I I would say maybe start with using them for locations whether geographic or like actual specific stores. Um, especially if you keep your grocery list in here, I think stores is is a no brainer. I I literally have a project called shopping lists. <laughs> And then all like so yeah I have one that's I have one that's groceries and I have one that's just shopping which which can include stuff that you buy on Amazon and stuff like that, um, and that's in a folder called lists. Um, actually, it, do you mind sharing what your you don't have to show me the tasks but do you how how do you have your like what 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 are your projects called? Um, well, so I have two. I only have two folders. I just have personal and then work. Um, and then. You know, I for personal, I've already listed out most of them. It's like miscellaneous personal actions. Um, I can take I can take a screenshot, I guess. Uh, car shopping list, that kind of thing, and then work. You know, it's it's things like um, a project that I'm working on, and then like more general things like invoicing collections, things like that. Um, Ooh, okay. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that you take the extra step of putting emojis in your um, in your folders, which I meant to do at one point and forgot to. Yeah, I think I think that's fun. Um, I I I like, or or I find this funny um, because it's it's the cheat that I also use. Is that you have everything as a single action list? Oh yeah, I, the sequential <laughs> thing. I'm I'm not I'm not that organized. Yeah. Um. So shopping lists, packing uh, what's packing lists? For like various um like overnight stays that we'll have coming up. Like if I think like, oh yeah, I need to remember to bring this on that trip all So is it down. just a permanent list of like here's stuff anytime we're taking like a th- a weekend trip I should have? No. Or is it okay. No, it's more like one off stuff. Billing system. So yeah, so I like that. Because so that's one that I have because my like, I know you're you're into the Quicken or what? Do you still use that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a weird finance management system where it's it's collapsed. But inside of uh, static projects, I have one called bills and finance where I have a list of every account that I have that's automatically paid through auto pay. I have stuff that's due monthly, but I manually pay it bills that I have to pay once and this inbox for just like random finances. If it's too personal, you don't have to answer, mm-hmm. but what do you pay monthly that you pay manually? Like rent and stuff. And like, so like oh, I have, okay. so I have like, is, is there, is there anything else? Please, please don't steal my identity or I don't mean you, but like people out there, but I mean, like I have, um, so the two main credit cards that I use, cause I, I have my American express and then I have my chase card that I use for most things where I don't have those on auto pay because I do want to actually review the statement, not for accuracy, but just for my own spending. So rent and those two cards, I will pay manually. I, hmm, that's interesting. I used to do that too. 
um like they're gonna get paid no matter what <laughs> but yeah um, well yeah i used to i used to do that too but then i just thought like well this is this is silly i should just have auto pay and then just review transactions kind of throughout the month which is something like quicken makes that really easy yeah for me i still like doing it that way for all my minor cards i have um like the ones that i maybe make a charge to like every six months just because they're old cards that i've had um those I have, if the card supports it, uh, a thing where it emails me if anything over a dollar is charged so that hopefully if there's any fraud in it, I catch it easily and that it just gets auto-paid in case I ever do use it. Yeah. And then like PG&E and all that other stuff and Comcast, that's all auto-paid. Mm-hmm. So, but I do have like that little auto-paid enrolled section so that I know what accounts are actually on that schedule. And then I also have written down what is the cycle end date and when does the money actually get taken out. And then I have like my my more comprehensive... um like just entire personal finance Excel sheet plan that has everything in it. I really need to get on the uh, emoji thing. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah. Yeah. And then like, yeah, I, I have a cheat where, cause this is something that I struggle with and maybe you can provide some insight here. I have like the one at the very top called active now with the cheese. Cause I couldn't think of anything else to put there. That's where I have all those one-off items that are literally there. There is no project there. It's just something I need to do in the future that it, but I really feel like it shouldn't live in the inbox forever. That's where those go. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, because I, I really don't like having things just sit in my inbox for long, too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what that miscellaneous personal actions, uh, project is, is just, just like, random stuff that doesn't really fit into anything else just gets kind of thrown in there. But again, like I would say that, well, okay. Okay. So thinking this through now in real time. So I guess if you, if you create an action and you don't assign it to a project and you just assign it a tag, it stays in your inbox, huh? Say that again. So if you create a, uh, an action and you don't assign it a project, but you do tag it, it stays in your inbox, huh? If the place that you added it from was the inbox, yeah. Because the whole point of the inbox, like from like just like a spiritual level, or or like, but like true to the system or whatever, is supposed to be that you can whenever like at the end of the day or whenever you feel like it, you can just create something in the inbox and you just get it out as quickly as possible. You don't have to think about how am I going to do this, when am I going to do this, how long it's going to take. You just you just get it out there, and that nightly or weekly or whatever, you clear out the inbox, and then when you have time, you can assign all the metadata to it that you need to to actually get it done right but so if if you then add something to your inbox and then tag it but don't add it to a project it stays in your inbox correct Mm, okay so that's the thing where it needs a place to live yeah so that's that's what the cheese folder is for got it okay got it yeah so i think i think this kind of makes sense um yeah the the only thing for you that concerns me is is the house thing or where where it seems like maybe that's too broad or like like because yeah like what's an example of something that lives inside a house um like what's 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 a typical action so i have um like various things that i need to do for the pool in there so there's a chemical that's creatively called perfect weekly that i <laughs> that i put in typically every saturday it's a knockoff of the daily <laughs> exactly yeah that made, that makes sense or also, like um, taking out the trash cans. That's that's another one. Mm-hmm. But that's also okay. So that's good because that's a very basic action. Um, one of the other th- hmm. how how are you? And I, this this is not useful for anybody. I'm sorry. Who's ever listening to this? Um, what do you do for stuff that's recurring? Do you use the recurring feature of OmniFocus? 
Oh, yes, religiously. Do you leave that stuff inside of the house folder? Well, yeah. So like that uh, perfect weekly chemical that I put in the pool, that's a recurring task inside of the house project. Hmm. Okay. But see, that's why I'm wondering, like things like that seem like they would be like I could just create a tag called pool. But then I guess like where would that action live yeah i'm not sure that's really that helpful like i I would maybe create like a project called um like routine chores or something it's one that you never have to look at but it'll just come up in forecast view so you don't have to think about it because i would i would say that if that stuff that never goes away just lives in the house project it becomes harder or at least for me it would become harder to actually focus on the stuff that is more unique inside of the house project hmm, i like that i'm writing that down routine chores yeah like inside of like a, like again in that collapse folder called static projects i have one that's just called recurring task so that has stuff like uh like for this show um uh write show summary prepare outline for podcasts send over proposed podcast topics which i don't actually do anymore so i should probably delete that one because <laughs> you do that for me um and then i do have one actually these are two that i think people should always try um where i have two that are on saturday morning where it says review OmniFocus due dates and review calendar for upcoming week where it allows me to kind of filter out the stuff that i may be assigned a due date in haste and i either don't need to do it or maybe the date has changed and i actually need to do it sooner and then also review my calendar for the week ahead to make sure it i know what's coming up so those are two weekly things that are actually really important to me that's smart yeah, so no, that 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 looks pretty solid. Um, I would try to play around with the task, like with with the forecast view and a tag called today. I I just think that that's just super super smart. So I I love that because, um, or be because like there are so many cases where yeah, there's something I need to do today or should do today, but like it doesn't need to be done by like a certain time of the day. So like assigning it a specific time exactly. But so I guess, so then the follow-up question to that is, can you have a tag that's like Mondays? And it's just like things that I need to do every Monday, but that don't need to be done like at an absolute specific time. No. I mean, yes, but no. It's not going to work the way that you want to. Just because inside the forecast view, like you can't say there's a tag that I only want to see on a certain day. See, like, so like taking out the trash cans is a good example of that. Where what I would probably say is like for stuff like that, I for stuff that needs to be done by the general end of the business day, I just I auto default to scheduling that at five. And if it's a personal thing that needs to be done that day but doesn't need a specific time, I just have it for 10 p.m. Yeah, I mean, that's well, so that's that's exactly what I do. I think I have like the trash can thing set up for like, I don't know, seven or eight p.m., which is just like, hey, if you haven't done this by then, like, hey, do it. Yeah, but I would maybe say like stuff like um like a, like 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 uh grocery shopping or or get a haircut or or like like stuff like that where it's not time sensitive, that's the stuff that's good for today. Or if you had something that was related to the pool like and you wanted to like you want to say like look online for like fencing or something. Like that's stuff that you would could say like I want to do this today, but that doesn't need to be done at four o'clock on a on a work day. Hmm. But assigning that 10 p.m., that means if like the world doesn't end if you don't do it. So therefore, having to constantly hit like the plus one day button 
um, isn't really healthy or that useful for that kind of task. Right. Although that plus one day button is like crack and it's the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> not covered under Obamacare there. Um, <laughs> all right. So you have people like, so OmniFocus, if, you, if you're already on OmniFocus 2, it's only 40 bucks to upgrade to the new pro version. If you're not already on it, it's 80. But again, it was four years in between OmniFocus 2 and 3. That means it cost you um, $9 a year to have it. So I think OmniFocus is one of the best values out there. And I think that's one thing where I th- I feel bad for the Omni group that um, even though they found a way where like their pro level subscription stuff is, or not subscription, but like the licenses are now in-app purchases. So you can actually try the iOS app for two weeks and actually see how you like it first because Omni prices their stuff like commensurate with like the value people get from it. But I think people just doing like drive-by comparison of to-do lists on the app store are probably going to immediately bulk at a 40 or $60 app. So I, I hope it all works out for them. Like they have a healthy business, but I, I just wish more people would give it a try. <sighs> all right. Um, what other, are you still liking Fantastical? I do like Fantastical. I like it a lot. I continue to use it um, both on the Mac and on iOS. Uh, you saw that it now supports series shortcuts and um, complications on the new watch face? I did. I saw that update today, but I have not had a chance to play around with it. I, I don't really use calendar complications on my watch that much. Hmm. Um, yeah, in, in my current role, I, I'm not a... It's. It, like I've I've definitely have had jobs in the past where I've been much more like meeting focused. This current role that I'm in is not. I don't really have back to back meetings all that often, so it's a little less important to kind of like keep track of the day like that. Yeah, so you're you're good with just like the 15 minute reminder before or whatever. And yeah, exactly right. Okay, good. Um, and then what else? What what else are you using for productivity stuff? Um. I mean, OmniFocus has has really changed the game. I mean, before that, it was all just about using the default reminders app. Um, you know, I, I am still very much, and I know this is the part that you're really going to hate, but I, I still am very much an Inbox Zero guy. For email? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Oh, I, I thought I thought you, you didn't like that. No, I don't mind. Well, actually, I, yeah, I don't mind it. The only thing that I, I don't, and this is the thing where, where where Merlin talks about like how the whole idea of his whole thing got perverted and it's um like people just like were just spending all day in email in hopes of getting to inbox zero. Where I don't think that was ever actually the point. Uh, but for me, like yeah, I'll, I will try to keep a very slim inbox and I will use my inbox as pro- like which is probably a bad thing as kind of a to do list of stuff that still requires my attention. But I will get all the crap out of there really quickly and easily. Yeah, no, exactly. Like for me, it's um, sometimes it's about you know keeping inbox zero like regularly, but but more often than that, it's it's usually like I try to clear out my inbox, you know, at the end of the day or at the very least, like at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is it is often the case where things will sit in there where you know they they don't. They're not responded to, they're not acted on, or they don't become a omnifocus task right away, but instead they kind of sit there as, like you said, kind of a reminder. Um, but I, I do try to minimize that. 
Yeah, like like right now, my 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 work email has sixteen messages in it, and my personal email has six. Where I I, I just don't get the people who can have an inbox that's just like the people who really love that Gmail has search, and they'll just have ten thousand emails in their inbox. Like that that just seems really hard to wrap your head around. I love Gmail search just because then I can archive it everything in one place and then search for it but yeah oh sure but the people who are just like oh yeah i don't need to do any filing it's just it's all in my inbox yeah no 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 like if mine if i go more than a couple of days without clearing out my inbox i start to get stressed yeah so yeah so Um, so i think that that way of thinking about email is also pretty important for me yeah do you ever use uh, i assume your company uses google apps for work or whatever it's called we do sorry g suite Mm -hmm. they rebranded it yeah do you ever use the snoozing I don't even know what that is. No. Like Gmail Incorporated. Remember that the startup mailbox? Yeah. Like where you could snooze email. Gmail co-opted that feature where you can like have a email um, like kind of re-deliver itself to you like the next day or the next week. Huh. Yeah, no. I, I think because I keep my inbox pretty slim, um, if something if if something's sitting in my inbox, like I know about it, so I don't I don't need Gmail to like remind me or resend it to me or whatever. Got it. Do you like new Gmail? I'm on the fence about new Gmail. Um, so you know I'm a big Mailplane user. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they recently um transitioned to Mailplane four. So they they stopped the development on Mailplane three, and they rolled out Mailplane four. And this was happening around the same time as the new Gmail interface. So I've, I'm kind of using both and kind of started using both at the same time. And it's, it's been a week or two now. And I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, they, they, let, they let you get rid of that dumb toolbar thing, which was like kind of a deal breaker originally. You mean the, the one where Google Calendar's in, integrated on the right side? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Well, so it's unnecessary in MailPlane because... Mailplane has tabs, and so you know my Google Calendar just lives in a separate tab all the time. Yeah, that's smart, but I never do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I don't I don't hate it, but I'm not in love yet either. Hmm. It's the same goes with Mailplane Four as well. I'm a little I'm a little on the fence there. Mailplane Three had a feature where you could send any mail item to your OmniFocus inbox with like one tap Ooh, what i'm still on mailplane three how do you do that um you go to i think it was in edit and you can go to send there should just be an option to send to omnifocus oh that's grayed out maybe maybe it's not supported in new gmail maybe maybe it's not supported in uh, omnifocus three oh Um, maybe but then that that option's not even there in Mailplane Four, but there is a, um, it's like save clip option, which is where you could highlight some text and then send that text to a variety of different apps, of which OmniFocus is one of them. But it's grayed out for me as well, so I don't know if it's just a compatibility with OmniFocus Three thing or what. Mm. So that's been kind of a a downer, but okay. Well, OmniFocus Three, it's pretty great. Yeah, no, thank you for the overview of tags. I think that's going to probably not have me completely rethink the way I use OmniFocus, but definitely refine it some. 
Yeah, just just yeah, try to make more projects and, and give folders a shot. Yeah. Um. All right. And then before we wrap up, let's do one more thing that I've been meaning to talk about for a little bit. And then you can tell me uh, how you feel or if there's a problem for you. So real quick, it's screen time. Um, so iOS 12 had a lot of new features related to like attention and like time management and stuff like that with uh, time spent on apps. Have you, since iOS 12 came out, adjusted your notification settings to either use that deliver quietly thing or have you enabled screen time at all? No. And no. <laughs> Do you look at the screen time reports? No. Did you remove the screen time uh, today widget? Yes, I did. <laughs> On both my iPhone and iPad. Can I... To derail real quick. The, the best feature of screen time is that it reminds me that I use my iPhone three hours a day. And my iPad five minutes a week. <laughs> it is, uh, it's so sad. And most of my my iPad usage is basically to update the App Store every once in a while. So yeah, that's a bummer. Okay, so you, uh, all right. So you're 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 one of the enlightened ones that doesn't have this problem. Well, no, 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 no. So I, well, I'll kind of maybe clarify my thinking here. So I think screen time is something that I'll, I'll look at eventually once there's more data in there. Like, I don't think it's something I'm going to check regularly. Um, but once, once some more data piles up in there over the next weeks or months, maybe I'll go in and check at it, check on it rather. But for me, like I, I know when I'm not being productive like, I, I know days that I'm productive and I know days that I'm not productive. And even like within a day, I'm like, yeah, come on. You need to kind of get your ass in gear a little bit here or something, you know. Um, so I, I don't don't really think I need an app to tell me that. Um, and then with notifications, I when they actually, I mean, this even goes back to uh, the Pebble. So like even like pre Apple Watch. Like starting then, that was like the wake up call to be like, yeah, you've really got to get your notifications tidied up here or your wrist is going to be vibrating constantly. So I feel like because of having a wearable on my wrist, um, I've had my notifications pretty dialed in for a while now. Okay, that, that, that makes sense. Do your watch notifications and iPhone notica notifications differ at all? Um, no, I don't really think they do. Um, I think I've just, I've just got a very, very limited set of notifications enabled and then they're, you know, they're mirrored across both the phone and watch. Hmm. Well, anyway, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is that I think these features are fairly important. Um, and I, and I've, I've put limits on Instagram and a few other applications as well as deleting a couple of apps that don't really seem that essential. I don't know. I, I have just found myself, um, having a lot of trouble, uh, limiting the amount of time that I use my devices and also the, um, unconscious gravitation towards like constant distraction or stimulation and i am slight not slightly not surprised but i, I i'm i'm I, I find it i'm curious that that is not something that you seem to worry about at all 
like do do you have like any philosophical reason or or way that you approach it that you think your phone doesn't have a huge draw for you well i think i especially in the last year or two have really really put a lot of focus in on not being on my phone in situations where i don't need to be and especially when i'm with other people so like if i if i'm ever with friends or family i generally am you know i generally don't have my phone out um do you ever have your phone out when you're watching tv yeah that that i do yeah do you do you ever find yourself losing interest in t like do you like, do you ever have trouble focusing on what you're watching or were, like just finding that you were un- unconsciously, you, you were just subconsciously becoming disinterested in what you're watching and you will just open Bleacher Report or Instagram and, and just do something else while you already have some other type of stimulus? Yeah, but only when that's kind of already the, what's supposed to happen, meaning like I have something on TV that's just kind of there in the background like that doesn't happen if there's like a show that i want to watch or something like i I don't i don't usually migrate to my phone if i'm you know catching up on a show or something if i'm watching better call saul i'm not checking my phone yeah i don't know like that that is that's something that i am struggling with to the point where better call saul is the only show where um i don't ever have to put my phone across the room and I'm trying to figure out how to use how to either use software to deal with that or how to just like discipline myself to not have my mind wander where I will either get bored of something so easily or just have this like just just unconscious uh, like desire to bring my attention to something else if I'm not 100% like stimulated by whatever I'm doing. To the point where, like, I can't have my phone within reach. So that's seems unhealthy. Um, no, that that's a um, that's a fair that's a fair comment to make about having your phone like across the room or maybe even in a different room. I, I do that as well when I'm at home. Like, I'll I'll put my phone kind of in like the main entry space, and then it'll just kind of live there as I'm in the family room or just around the house. Like, if I don't need it, it doesn't come with me usually. But is that intentional? Um, I mean, it. I think it's. It's. Yeah. I. I don't think I put a lot of thought into it because it's something that I've worked on over time. Um. But yeah. I mean, not having my phone with me is something that I intentionally do. I mean, it's fudged a little bit with the fact that it, I still have my watch on, so it's not like I'm totally disconnected. But well, but but I think that's the thing where, and and this goes to another thing where you are a big proponent of the cellular watch. Maybe you can help me flesh this out too. Where I think that, like, because you're never, it's the same reason why Series Zero Apple Watch is so different than uh, Series Four Apple Watch in in the recent versions of WatchOS. Where if your phone's across the room, you you're not out of communication because if something important is happening or you actually an alert or a notification that you have like blessed. And and because you're somebody who who is very restrictive on notifications, like that's still going to come to you. So there's very little that's lost, but just that passive scrolling and um, just like that checking mentality that having your phone just in your hands enables. Like I think that's different, and and that's a much healthier way to approach it. 
So yes, and I, I think that overall that's pretty good. But having your watch on actually, I'm not sure that really is a bad thing. It is it's it's like having a phone in your house where if somebody needed to reach you, you could go walk into the kitchen and answer the phone. Yeah, so I don't know. So how like how much do you walk around? Like if you were to go for a walk with the dog, do you take your phone with you or only rely on your watch? Um sometimes I bring my phone sometimes i just bring my watch if i do bring my phone it's honestly so that i can either take pictures mm-hmm. or um so that i can have my august smart lock automatically unlock when i get home which is which is particularly convenient when you know you've got the leash and and all that with you and you know what the dog's seeing your code <laughs> um but but i when i'm but i'm like when i'm walking branson i'm i'm not on my phone no I, I mean, I, I will be sometimes listening to a podcast, but I'm not not on my phone. Okay, so actually, that that brings me up to the like to the final thing that actually is probably one of the more interesting parts. So it's not like I have a huge problem with like all like all the checking and the the just not just in, it consuming content with like for no actual good reason. So that I, that's that sounds like it's much more of a me problem than than something that that you deal with. But there's somebody on the internet who does a show with Mike. Um, and he has uh, brought up a point, and there's a link to a video that you can put that he put on YouTube that has a lot of good points on it, and it's, and it's 10 minutes long, and people can go check it out, um, where he is concerned that kind of uh, there isn't a lot of like alone time with your own brain, where uh, a lot of people fill this up with just like watch, just been watching Netflix and stuff like that. And other people will sometimes fill that up with constant music. And some people will just fill it up with podcasts where like every waking moment is generally occupied by other people's ideas and thoughts. So, and um, I think it was, was an episode 50 or 75. Let me see. Um, so Cortex for that show that CGP Gray and Mike Hurley do. Yes. Yeah, uh, 74, the episode, the biggest challenge of being a human is a really good um, discussion. Cause Mike just, uh, 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 rips him a new one for his suggestion that podcasts are um, as bad as just like endlessly watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. But do you find any merit to the idea that f- uh, potentially for for worse, people are just listening to other people's conversations and thoughts nonstop and not allowing themselves to just think on their own for a bit? I do think about that. And um. I sometimes like walking the dog as an example. Like sometimes I will do that without a podcast in an effort to um, maybe be a little more mindful and present. Um, but, you know, not not to go off in this direction, but that that's where, you know, the meditation stuff comes in too, where, you know, by practicing meditation, I think even if you're listening to something like a podcast, that doesn't prevent you from being totally disengaged from the moment because ideally you know you're always engaged in the moment kind of no matter what you're doing if that makes any sense it does but but to take it a step further let let me ask like do you ever allow yourself to be bored um that's a good question i huh that's a good question i i would say that in the past yes i'd say um in more recent times, no. Do you think that was a conscious choice, or do you think that's something that just happened to you? That's something that I think just happened to me. And do you worry about that? Yeah, I do for sure. Because I think that's that's the problem. Where a lot, like I think there's a lot of great content, 
and a lot of stuff that is super useful. And I don't think like I'm just list like I, I'm like I think our podcast listening habits and our, a lot of our content like entertainment content habits overlap uh, aside from like superhero movies and in the Star Wars and stuff. But like. I don't think like there's any like tra- like it's not like we're just sitting around watching the Real Housewives or something like that. We're stuff like of very little uh, redeeming redeeming value. Like even if you're just like listening to, to like super educational stuff and you're just listening to like I don't think NPR is always educational, but like stuff that's thoughtful discussion about issues that's worthwhile. If you're always listening to other people informing your opinions. And you never really have that time to let your bore your your brain rest and be bored and form its own thoughts and opinions. Like that seems like that shift we've had of of podcasts being an available thing to either separate us from the world, like on a commute or something, or even just to occupy like those spare mental cycles when you're just out taking a walk. Like that seems concerning. Where I think, like, yeah, there's just very little time in anybody's day. And I don't think it's just nerds where, like, you aren't really ever just sitting and thinking. Like, boredom just has gotten such, like, a weird, weird, bad rap. Like, it's this thing that needs to be avoided. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I don't really ever feel like I need to be like more bored or like need more downtime um i I guess like maybe the example i would give is like there's there's always at least one time a year whether it's like the houseboat trip that i've been on a handful of times or like this year going to europe where i'm unplugged for some extended period of time like a week or two weeks and it's always been that during those times like I have like no issue, especially with the houseboat where there's like just literally no cell phone service for a week. Like that doesn't cause me any anxiety at all. Like I don't feel like I'm, you know, like I need a fix of news or something. Like I'm, I'm totally able to just unplug and it's like no big deal. So I guess like for me, like being like listening to a ton of podcasts and like checking Twitter, maybe more often than I should. Um, but like that's all just something that like, I want to do because I enjoy being kind of plugged in. And I would say particularly since November, 2016, I especially am making a conscious effort to be kind of plugged in. So I guess it, it's not like the, 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 the checking of news and kind of like the staying up to date on Twitter, like isn't something I feel like I need to do. It's something I feel like I like doing. Hmm. I think that's actually a very interesting point that it, that it's something that you want to do, but I do think eventually it's a there's a what is it in economics like point of diminishing returns or something or like the marginal utility eventually reaches a point where it's not actually worth it and it could be uh, detrimental after a while. I don't know, but that 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 does make a lot of sense. So it's I'll I'll put this Instagram post that you um, just sent me in the thing. Mm-hmm. It's so it's particularly interesting that you sent me that because uh, so this picture is from Newark Airport, mm-hmm. which is the airport that the uh, very special lady friend and I had our layover on the way to Europe. Uh-huh. So I actually saw this um, yeah. because the, these iPads are not only at this bar, but they're at a there are 
thousands of them yeah, at the airport. That's right. At every seat. Yeah. Um, I didn't take a close look at them, but my understanding of them was that they were just there to allow you to like order. I didn't realize like they don't have like web browsers on them, do they? They so uh there's another I think I put it in the show notes or you can find it in Slack, but there's a link to the whole redesign they did at the New York Air- Newark Airport. So the the reason they I like this person brought it up is that this is kind of like this and and this is this is tangentially related to what we're talking about. Or but it not even just the you can't be bored part, but where your attention, whether it be like Instagram stories or like this, where like everywhere in the world, like even uh, all restaurants all have like just ESPN and MSNBC on. And at this particular airport, yeah, they did a whole massive redesign where they have thousands of iPads bolted down in front of every seat in the airport, flashing menu items and ads, and just constantly not allowing you to to look away from them. And that just seems like hell. And I like, I mean, it's like, and like, if you just walk around San Francisco, sometimes like just you, you, you. I don't know, like a lot of times you just can't not have something just reaching out for your attention, even beyond just like the like the terror box that's in your pocket that you're you're worried of what oh what it what it what's wrong in the world now and what, what New York Times alert are you gonna get. But just like there's always something demanding your attention and flashing colors at you. I don't know. But yeah, but this airport photo is terrifying me. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I it's um I guess yeah, I guess the the way that I would conclude the way I think about all this stuff is is going back to kind of what I said a minute ago, which is kind of the the need versus want thing where I don't ever feel like I really need to be constantly listening to something or watching something, but I I do it cuz I want to. And if if I if there is a moment where it's, you know, it's appropriate to be completely unplugged, like even putting like the vacation stuff aside, like if I'm, you know, if I'm at dinner with friends or family or even just like out for a drink with a friend or something, um, like I'm, I'm off my phone. Like if, if you and I go out to dinner, like I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not on my phone. Like th- that's a situation where my phone's in my pocket, you know, I'll either put my watch on do not disturb if I remember, or at the very least, if I don't, I just, you know, I just ignore any sort of notifications that I'm getting on my wrist. Um, and like it, it's not, it's not to say that I'm perfect. Like I'm, they're definitely, I'm definitely on my phone too much. Like I definitely check Twitter and Instagram too much. I check my email too often. Like there's no, no doubt that I could probably cut back on some of that stuff. But I do feel by and large that I'm able to like mostly um, separate out times where it's appropriate to be on my phone versus time times where it's not. So I, I don't want to belabor this too much, but I, I actually, so I, I would say you are really good at that. But I think so. That's good, and that's more that you're super socially, you're super in tune with so proper social etiquette. But I would say, like, so how does this factor in if you're just walking around the corner to to get fills, or you're on your your afternoon commute or something, like where you it's there's not social pressure suggesting that you need to be present in the moment, and you're just left on your own, and you can look at Instagram, scroll for forty five seconds close it, go to Twitter, and then forget that you were on Instagram and open it back up again. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, do, I do some of that. Um, but I feel like with a good, like, 
meditation practice. Like I'm, I'm getting some of that kind of thought collection time and, and mindfulness time in. So I guess maybe I don't feel as bad about being a little more stimulated other times of the day. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I, I don't feel, I don't ever feel like I'm overwhelmed by checking things like Twitter and Instagram. Like I'm doing, I'm doing that on my own terms at times where I think it makes sense. Like if I'm, if I'm on the ferry in the evening and I want to check Twitter and Instagram a couple of times, like, I think that's okay. Okay. No, that, that, that's, that's good. And it, I'm really happy that you have a sensible and healthy relationship with it. And I think, I mean, for the most part you do too, right? I mean, I think you're the, you're, I, I, I don't though. Really? I, I feel like you're kind of the same way as me where like, you were certainly not perfect by any stretch, but like by and large, like, I mean, going back, you know, let's, let's, let's throw it back to near the beginning of the show. Like, you don't, you know, you take your AirPods out when you talk to people. Like, that's a, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't do. Yeah, but, but I, but I think it's more about like being honest with yourself. Like, so sure, like, I I will try not to be a, a rude, a rude person, but that's, it's like, how, who are you? But that's because you're accountable to somebody else at that point in time. Whereas what about when I'm just at home and like, so we won't talk about Better Call Saul this week, but I've actually been, uh, I, I think, I don't know if this was a suggestion or just something you brought up, but you said that you watched the last couple of episodes of, the, of uh, Breaking Bad to kind of get some context about what happened in the final season. Right. And I've been doing that. I've been watching the final six episodes of it and I forgot how absolutely really insane. Good. Yeah. Like it is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a very good show. Uh, I don't know if people have heard of it. It's it's pretty good. I want some Emmys. Um, but like it's it is just really challenging for me to just not drift away and just check to see if I don't know, if, if something's different on the internet or like just look look at my work calendar or go like do like just I I have a really difficult time just staying on a single task. Here, so here's here's a, I think you know not that I'm really much to in much of a position to be able to give away meaningful advice here. But I would say one thing that's also helped me too, that I've kind of forgotten to mention is the other benefit to really focusing on paring down your notifications is it's kind of twofold. It's the first part we've already talked about, which is kind of minimizing unnecessary distraction, but the flip side of it, I think addresses more of what you're getting into, which is kind of the fear of missing out or FOMO as, as you would say. um when you have your notifications dialed in 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 an effective way you can also have the confidence that if there really is something that comes up that you need to know about you'll be notified about it and I, i find that 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 helps me i wish my brain worked i wish i was that sensible it it just doesn't yeah hmm do you when you wake up in the morning do you get up before you can look at your phone or do you look at your phone in bed so, um, that's another interesting question. Um, when I was in San Francisco and my commute was a little more flexible, um, I was a thousand percent guilty of goofing around on my phone in bed. Now, where my commute is much less flexible and I very much need to be in a specific place at a specific time, um, and I, you know, wake up at a time where I don't have much margin of error, um, I don't. So 
but I've, I've, my schedule has forced me to get out of that habit. But, but prior to that, totally, I was really bad about checking my phone in the morning. Hmm. But like, I will literally not get to work on time if I do that now. So, um, the opportunity is, is not even, not even there. Okay. I guess, I guess that's good. Yeah. Do you look at your phone before you go to sleep? Um, I, I mean, sometimes again, going back to like maybe watching TV and checking my phone, but I, I don't lay in bed and look at my phone. Ugh, give me something. Be a bad person about something. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually don't think screen time is, is so, so bringing it back is so we can wrap it up about like the iOS stuff. Yeah. Screen time. I'm not sure it's really doing much for me because I don't think screen time can fix the way technology has broken our brains and how uh we can be weak-willed about things and not use things responsibly whether or not it has been engineered that way or not i I don't think screen time fixes that like i think maybe it might allow a parent to put like a 45 minute hard cap on youtube viewing or something like that but I, i i don't think it's it's doing much at all for me I, I view the um, screen time app a lot in the way that I view the health app, where the health app, I think, is incredibly interesting and aggregates a lot of really cool data, especially when you do so over a long period of time and you can go back and look months ago or years ago at that data and, and look at trends. But at the same time, I don't think having that data really actively changes any of my habits. And I think screen time's probably going to be the same way where, again, what I said about it earlier, where I'll probably look at it a few months from now, like when it actually has some data, like I'll look at it and be like, huh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. But I don't think it'll change anything I do. You're not sure any of it's going to be actionable? Exactly. It's not going to turn into an OmniFocus project? I don't know whether it's a tag or a project is what I'm saying. Well, I... (laughs) (laughs) It still still confuses me. how you think those are hmm yeah hmm okay i would rethink your definition of projects but again i don't know anything yeah hey (laughs) um what are we doing now a chef special i think yeah we we should we should do that (laughs) uh go do yours because mine's gonna be very very long i I feel like i i feel like i had one and i like forgot it oh i'm sure oh i Whenever you send over your outline or your your revision of what you want to talk about, uh, you keep spoiling it by putting in your your chef special. Well, so, sometimes Did I you do. put it in this week. No, I didn't put it in this week. Damn it! I forget. I forget what mine. You might have to go first because I forget what mine was. Okay. Hmm. So I've talked a lot this episode, and I apologize to people. But um, so I think, in addition to my like uh, inability to properly use my phone um, and uh, just dr- attention drifting all the time. I also probably need Ambien because when I can't sleep, sometimes I will forget that I went and got a bunch of stuff on Amazon. So I kind of went nuts when I couldn't uh, sleep one night last week and I bought a whole bunch of uh, knockoff Apple Watch bands. Mm. And I have a little mini review uh, roundup. Um. So there are, I, I got sport bands from three different companies. One of them, uh, I was like, oh, this is pretty good quality. And then literally, as I said that, two seconds after taking out the package, the little metal pin that you're supposed to use to clasp it shut just literally fell on the floor. Nice. <laughs> and like, I was like, literally com- perfect comic timing. Like this could have been an I Love Lucy episode. 
So the one that I w- so th- uh, that was uh, from a company called Yimzen, and I do I give two thumbs down to that. Um, there is a company um called uh, Braceleteer, um who on the package it says uh, fashionable life is now. Mm. Uh, that one is actually very good. They make some some high quality knockoff sport bands that are seven dollars a pop. There's a very very good color that I like called wine red. It's kind of a nice dark maroon. Looks very very nice. I think it's great. I also got some knockoff um, Nike style like perforated sport bands. Those are cool. Uh, those are from a company called Admaster. Don't know why. Um, but the big news is that uh, my my huge uh, chef special pick is going to be one that I will send you a link to if I can find it. Um, so it is from a company called Oro Bay, and it is a knockoff uh, Milanese Ooh, loop. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. So I've been jealous of your and and all the people who have like the link bracelet one. Yeah, because I've always thought that like because like a nice metalish watch band looks great. Oh yeah, but I've never liked kind of like that. Like if you put your hand on a desk, it's, it makes a little bit of a noise, and it's just kind of a little bit heavy. And you generally don't get like a nice secure wrist feeling just because the links, they don't let you get precise adjustment where it's always going to be maybe a tiny bit too tight or a tiny bit too loose, which I think is actually probably the style. But this one, I've always thought like the Milanese loop is really dumb, but this one is if you get it in the space gray color, it looks amazing on Uh the... Go ahead. I, I'm literally going to order this now, and I just I don't I didn't know whether to get black or space gray. But space you, you gray, space gray. Okay. Because I have, and here's the thing: I have it on the black stainless steel watch. It looks amazing, and it is so comfortable. It um is so easy to put on and take on and off. It feels heavier and more substantial than you would think it is. Um, yeah, it, it's it's great. Yeah, absolutely love it. This is the one I was expecting to like the least, and it it is absolutely wonderful. Um, so I think that's my new favorite. Um, I also bought a I don't know why I did this, but I bought a nectarine uh, knockoff sport loop. It's garbage, just like the Apple ones. It feels so cheap. I can't even believe Apple made something that this company could knock off so I could buy it for a fifth the price. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's terrible. Um, and then there's one other one that I will link to. And this one is, I don't love it, but it's interesting and it's not bad. So if it is somebody's style, they can give it a shot. I would, I would say, I would say it's good enough and it's of decent quality, but I'm, I'm not sure, not sure about it. Like they refer to the Apple Watch as the iWatch, so that's somewhat problematic. <laughs> uh, yeah, for iWatch Nike Plus. Oh, it also works on the edition. <laughs> they, uh, so, <laughs> I like the the coffee color is kind of nice. Uh, man, they they are all about wine red on this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, but the the fake uh shiny steel uh lugs don't look good on the on the space black 
but yeah, man, that Milanese loop is is is, is just beautiful. And mine mine's going to be here on Saturday. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the all the sport bands I got not like it's it's not Apple quality. Like I I know it probably still costs like it costs these guys forty cents to make, and Apple's probably cost eighty cents to make. But whatever Apple's doing with like the fluoro elastomer nonsense that Johnny talked about, it is legitimately better. But just like I can't bring myself to spend fifty five dollars on a sport band. Like I have the black one that it came with, and I and I bought the product red one like a year ago, and I think that's that's kind of it. But yeah, this wine red one is 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 very lovely. And that's the that's this last one that you sent me. No, let me because because it, it, it also has a wine red version. Yeah, almost all of these have wine red. So the most recent one I sent you, uh, this is the one that is. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it looks good on the space black. Where's the Where's the green? No green. Yeah, no green. That's and I kept looking for a knockoff forest green uh, leather loop, and I couldn't find one yet. Hmm. Yeah, Amazon is becoming kind of a cesspool for um for trying to find, like it's it's just all terrible knockoff stuff. Yeah, the the Apple Watch band thing is um like I've I've now bought a couple of different third party ones. I I mentioned that leather one last week, and I I just bought another um steel bracelet one that I haven't had a chance to try yet. Um, but I I haven't bought any without having them come from a recommendation. It's like these one. I think that leather one. I think I think was from the wire cutter, and then this steel bracelet one was like from Imore or something. And then obviously the one I bought just now was your recommendation. So I, I you know, I haven't just bought some random one. Like they've they've all come from trusted recommendations because you can't really trust what's on Amazon. And that's that's really disconcerting. Like I think that's a problem for anything. Like there's so many things that you can search for now and and, and look at. And almost none of it these days is shipped and sold by Amazon. That's like, that's, that's really not good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you have time to think anything? Yeah, no, I, I remember what I was going to talk about. I, I don't remember if I've made this a pick before, but um, iTunes movie rentals. Hey, are you, are you a user of the, of this? No. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, the lady friend and I have gotten into them over the last year or so. Um, not, a, not a ton. We don't really watch a ton of movies, but like when there is the occasion where we're, you know, having kind of a rare, just, you know, night where there's kind of nothing else going on and we just want to watch a movie. It is just amazing that for like anywhere from three to $6, you can have a movie instantly delivered to you now in 4k HDR. Um, and you know the iTunes experience. And there's a million of these services out there, but like the way that iTunes obviously integrates in the Apple TV, and you've got the 4K option, and you've got your billing credit card on file, like that, the whole experience is just completely seamless, and it's it's just it's great. I mean, there's still Netflix, and Netflix has obviously gotten a ton better over the years with their original content and everything. But you know, the big new releases, you still have to rent in in some form or another. And, um, for us that the iTunes movie rentals are just, they're just fantastic. Uh, do they, is it, do they still have the thing of once you hit play, you have 24 hours to watch it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, we, we usually, if we're, if we're going to watch a movie, it's like, you know, we're, we're committed to that. And I don't remember if this is true, but can you rent a couple movies? Like if you're going on vacation 
and you have like a month to watch it. Yeah, you do. I've done that. Okay. Before. I've done that before. Yeah, that's good. Apple's like they seem to be for for all the complaints people can have about Apple, uh, like they seem like super on the customer's side for for that kind of stuff, and also for people who uh, actually purchased the movies from Apple, like where they've done all the retroactive upgrading to, like I, I think it's like the HDR and the 4K things. So it seems like a pretty safe place to do it. And with all like the caching and stuff they're doing, um, like the load times are pretty quick on it, right? They're very very quick, and it's you know like. Matt, we, we, we're lucky enough to have a, a pretty solid internet connection here, so that's a big part of it, too. But, I mean, the fact that you can instantly start streaming a 4K movie in a matter of seconds is pretty amazing. 2018. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some good things out there. I think literally just one. 